So we are all intelligent beings, right? All of us? Some of us, maybe more than others, but we all have some intellect, right? <laughs> We've all been created with the ability to gain knowledge, to learn, to, to understand complexities. You know, God's own word reveals to us that his desire, his very own desire, is for us to have wisdom, to have understanding. In Proverbs chapter 2, you don't have to turn there, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6, we're told that for the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Verse 10 and 11 of that, that same chapter says, For wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you, understanding will guard you. So we're created to learn. We're created to develop knowledge. God hopes this for us. So then, knowing that we have been granted this, this big old brain of ours, and that we have the ability then to, to use this, this brain, it's safe to assume that we've all, at one time or another in our lives, had what we call, that we coin, the aha moment. The aha moment. A moment where something finally clicks, where something finally makes sense. A moment where we realize maybe something profound. A moment set apart from the mundane. You know, it's funny that just a couple days ago, we were having a meeting at the office, and this, this topic came up, and people started bouncing around the, this idea of the, the aha moment and how it relates to your life and, and your Christianity and, and things like that. And I'm sitting there the whole time, I'm, I'm biting, my, biting my tongue, I'm like, no, don't go there, this is my message. <laughs> don't take my message. Definitely don't write something about this and post it this week. <laughs> so, but it goes to prove my point, right? It goes to prove my point that this is a relatively common concept for us to, to pursue, to grasp. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines an aha moment, that's actually in there, a moment of sudden realization, inspiration, insight, recognition, or comprehension. For instance, have you ever seen an infant, an infant child, when they figure out that they, that they themselves actually have control over those flailing little things on the end of their arms, like their hands, right? They, they look at it and they recognize, they say, wait a minute, are, are you serious? I'm actually the one in control of this? You know, this, this is awesome, right? That is an aha moment for an infant to realize that that is a part of them and they can actually control it. It's so fascinating to, to see that. You know, the wide-eyed look on their face as they discover something new, something profound. It's a little aha moment for them. What about later in life? What about later in life when you're having dinner for the very first time at the house of Matthew and Dora McKenzie Jennings, and Dora shows you how to eat peas on the back of a fork, you know, like the English do because of Matthew, right? So <laughs> it's a challenge to be sure that, that that's a challenge, but then it clicks, it clicks, squish the peas. Squish the peas. <laughs> you know, a life-altering moment <laughs> just happens. 
You know, it's highly probable that we've all had that type of moment in our life, understanding a complex problem, the peas. <laughs> Learning a new skill, the peas. <laughs> Witnessing something amazing, the peas. <laughs> we've all had it. You know, whatever it was for you, brethren, whatever this moment consisted of, it's likely it came with a feeling of an excitement, a feeling of enthusiasm. Aha! Aha! I get it. And since, of course, this is a, a sermon, let's tie this into our Christianity. You know, we're a fairly diverse mix of, of Christian, you know, fairly diverse mix here in this church today and in God's church as a whole. Some here are what we label generational Christians, generational. Some are maybe fourth-generation Christians. You know, your great-grandparents were introduced to God's church somewhere, you know, in the, in the past. And from generation to generation, here you sit. You Maybe you're a, a third generation or a second generation. Or maybe you're a first generation. Maybe you are brand new to this, this way of life. Maybe you have no familial, con, familial connection to God's church. Maybe you're here for just a few weeks or just a few months have passed since beginning your exploration of God's Word. We're all at different stages, right? We're all at different stages of our Christianity. And the path then, of course, that led us here, led us to this point, it varies. It varies greatly. Take a second. Take a second, brethren, to think about your path. Let's all take a second and think about our path. Think about how we arrived at this point, at this moment right now in our Christianity. And then let's ask the question. Ask the question, within our calling, within our Christianity, have we had that aha moment? Ponder the question, but don't necessarily be too quick to answer it, because we'll get to that. Before we answer that question, let's consider why we are actually sitting here in this room in the first place. And while you're contemplating those two questions I've just given you, you can go ahead and turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Now this is a, a familiar scripture and one that you will most likely hear repeated over the next couple weeks, maybe even a few times, but it's absolutely a scripture that cannot be repeated too often, so we are going to look at it today as well. So John chapter 6, John chapter 6 and verse 44, just one verse. John chapter 6 verse 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. I will raise him up on the last day. So whether you're a fourth generation Christian or someone brand new to the faith, brethren, this scripture is speaking to you. It is speaking to you, directly to you. This is your calling. This is your calling. It's not the calling. It's it's not you riding in on this calling, maybe on the coattail of your parents or your grandparents or some generation before you. This is yours. This is your calling. Keep that in mind. God has selected you, brethren, selected you for something great. 
Jeremiah 29, verse 11, you don't have to turn there. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 states, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's profound. So, brethren, you're sitting here because either God has previously called you to to repentance and to baptism and receiving of, of his Holy Spirit directly, or he is, brethren. He is calling you and offering you these gifts, and he's just waiting patiently for you to reply. Or, of course, you're at an age where you haven't quite reached that, that point, maybe a, a child, and you will eventually mature in your Christianity and have the opportunity to, to receive and respond to that calling yourself. So then, we deduce from all of this that if we are sitting here today in this room, we are here solely, brethren, solely because God, the Father in heaven, has provided us with our very own offer for a better future. But that doesn't answer the second question, right? Or actually the first question. The question in our personal Christianity, our calling from God the Father himself, did we have it, brethren? Did we have that aha moment? Now I mentioned, generally speaking, there are two types of Christians in in God's church today. Christians who discovered the truth on their own, or through God's help, of course, or the ones who grew up in the truth. And it may be somewhat simple. It may be somewhat simple for for those who discover the truth, as the way we'll just term it, discover truth, those who did not have that familial connection to, to, to God's church, to look back, to look back and to find perhaps that moment when, when God's word clicked, when something began to make sense, when the light came on. You know, if you spent years, you spent most of your life not fully grasping God's word in its unadulterated state, it may be easier, it may be easier to distinguish then those moments, those moments where it made sense over the things that didn't. You know, from Acts 2, we know that when, when some people heard the true meaning of Christ's sacrifice, they were what? They were cut to the heart. They were cut to the heart. That was an aha moment for them, brethren. That was a moment that redirected the next actions that they would take. And that's fantastic. It's fantastic to know that that can happen to people. However, in contrast to that, brethren, if if God's word has always been a solid foundation in our lives, it may be difficult. It may be difficult. It may even be impossible to look back and, and find a single moment that defines your calling. From discussions that I've had, you know, various discussions, because I've thought about this topic for, for quite some time, discussions I've had with, you know, lifelong or, or generational Christians, I've discovered that narrowing down to that one specific moment when the light came on is essentially impossible. God's calling for many comes as more of a progression. More like when you have a, a, a dimmer switch on the wall, and I think everyone's probably familiar with that, like a dimmer switch on the wall, and as you take that switch and you slide it up a little further and a little further, the light gets brighter and brighter and brighter 
That's how some people's Christianity grew. In general, for those in that situation, there may not be an instance where the switch was off and then the switch was on. Of course, there's always exceptions to to every analogy like that. But nonetheless, regardless of whether or not our calling was generational or or brand new to, to God's truth, we all go through a process, right? We all go through a process of discovery, especially when it comes to our spiritual knowledge. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews 5 and verse 13, verses 13 and 14. I'm reading from the ESV today, by the way. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So regardless then of how we were introduced to the knowledge of God, we all begin spiritually immature as children. But hopefully we grow then into spiritually mature Christians. And how do we do this, you ask? Are you going to ask? How do we do this? <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> how do we do this, you ask? Second Peter chapter 1. <laughs> Second Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Second Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Verses 3 through 8. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them we may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption in, that is in this world because of sinful desire. Verse 5, for this very reason make every epilent effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from becoming ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ." That's how it happens. God provides those brethren that he has called with the knowledge, with the knowledge needed to grow spiritually. But what's interesting, brethren, what's interesting and and something to note in in this passage in verse 8, we see that increasing is a requirement to being considered effective and fruitful. Like the slider, like the slider riding up and the light's growing brighter. But wait a second. But wait a second. If we receive what we might describe as an, an aha moment in our calling and our Christianity, did we skip the increasing? Or does this mean that only Christians whose calling come over time 
or are increased, as we just read, and the, they, they increase in these godly attributes, that that is the, the only aspect of Christianity that they know, and they're doomed to never have this, this stirring, this life-changing event, this aha moment in their Christianity. Or, option three, is the answer to this aha moment's question a little more complex than that, a little more complex than we're giving it credit. Well, I venture to say yes, that it is more complex and therefore needs a little more diving into. So I'm in a somewhat rare position when it comes to my calling. It's not the most rare, but it's a little rare. I'm a second-generation Christian. Yeah, that's not rare, right? <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> you know, my dad was introduced to, to, to God, to, to the church, through the, the old Plain Truth magazine, and for those who are younger, you know, from a previous organization, when I was somewhere around eight years old. You know, my first encounter with God's truth was sitting on the floor on a Saturday morning watching cartoons. No, Mr. Burnett, that was not this morning. <laughs> it was last week. <laughs> no, on the, morning, on the morning of topic, my dad walked into the house, walked into the living room as I sat there on the floor, and he walked over to the television set, and he reached up, and he turned it off, and he said, we are not going to watch TV on Saturday any longer, and we are going to church. Followed by my mom shouting from the back of the house somewhere, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> that, that was my introduction <laughs> to the church. I was introduced early, early in life, right? Eight years old or so. But I was introduced to the milk of God's word. And I increased slowly as I grew in understanding, and things began to make a little more sense along the way. You know, no clear aha moments happening, but, but the dimmer switch was sliding up. The light was growing brighter, and I was gradually learning, yet still, of course, very spiritually immature. And then it happened. And then it happened. Not, not my aha moment. <laughs> but certainly a moment that changed everything for me. So I walked into church on a typical Sabbath morning, or what I thought was a typical Sabbath morning, and I was approached by my closest friend who asked me the question, do you know that we believe in the Trinity now? <laughs> Odd question, to be sure. <laughs> it was a new one to me. And of course, then, over the next few weeks, similar changes took place. Tensions among the brethren intensified, escalated. The congregation began to crumble. And my dad, and eventually everyone else in my family who was attending at the time, walked out, walked away. That was everyone except for me. I was at least at that time slightly mature enough to understand that I probably needed to stick around a little bit longer, although I was still way too spiritually immature to realize where things were actually headed. Then, finally, it happened. Once again, not the aha moment. <laughs> it happened. What finally happened is I walked into 
the Feast of Tabernacles. On my own, my family wasn't attending, so it was just me. Walked into the Feast of Tabernacles that very same year to, be, to, to look at the stage and, and see a gigantic banner above this stage that said, Welcome to the Celebration of Jesus. Still very spiritually immature, but mature enough to know that something just didn't feel right. This was not really, something was amiss. This was not the direction I, I thought things should be going. So I too, brethren, in that moment, turned around and walked out. I walked away. Now, unfortunately, brethren, I didn't grasp Revelation 3:11, where it states, I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. How many people allowed an organization to seize their crown. Nor did I have the spiritual maturity to comprehend Matthew 16, verse 18, where it states, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. How many people lost sight of the church due to the same situation? At that time, brethren, at that time, in the chaos taking place within, within the organization that I had grown to know as the church, the correct path forward was unclear. It was unclear to me and many of those, brother, many of those in my same position. So what happened? My increasing stopped. I became unfruitful and ineffective. That is, until sometime later. When, due to various life choices that were not in harmony with spiritual understanding, I found myself, <laughs> but not in a spiritual aspect, not in a spiritual way, brother. And I physically found myself now a soldier in a combat zone standing on the banks of the Tigris River, staring out at Nineveh. And this is literal. Ancient Nineveh, the ruins of ancient Nineveh. And off in the distance, there was a mosque, an Islamic mosque, and a native to the region, standing next to me, an interpreter, looked at me and he said, do you see that mosque? Yes, I replied. Jonah is there. I paused <laughs> long enough for the man to notice what I'm sure was an inquisitive look on my face to the point that he asked the question, you know Jonah? Jonah and the big fish? <laughs> oh, I know Jonah. <laughs> I know Jonah, I answered. And the man continued, Jonah's tomb, Jonah's tomb is, is under that mosque. And Daniel's is further, as he pointed off into the distance. Aha. Aha. A switch was flipped. A light was on. And in that moment, brethren, that moment was not one aha moment. There was a thousand aha moments. It was every single moment 
of my life leading up to that point where, where I could recognize and I could remember the moments God showing me his way and his truth and his righteousness. Yes, even though, though there was a time once in my life where I had the dimmer switch and it was creeping up slowly and I was growing in increments, I too had an aha moment. And here, brethren, here then is where we answer our question. One incredible moment can lead to a flood of a million little moments. And the many little moments can help us recognize those big, amazing aha moments that happen in our lives, in our Christianity, in our calling. You know, God's calling, brethren, isn't just one moment where the light comes on and then we have to decide in an instant whether we're going to leave it on or turn it off. And it's not just this, this slow, methodical journey that, that we're on with no real-life-changing moments that, that we can look out and grasp and, and realize the incredible vastness of them. Every single day, brethren, every single day of our Christianity comes with the opportunity to have an aha moment. A moment when the realization of God's magnificence can change our lives for the better. I messed up beyond repair. I've sinned more times than even God can forgive. There's no hope for someone like me. Have we heard these comments? Have we said them ourselves? Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, verses 1 through 5. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love that which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Talk to anyone, brethren, anyone, anyone who has lived a portion of their lives separate from God. And I'm sure, I am positive, they will tell you that the realization of Ephesians chapter 2 brings an aha type moment for them. We can't begin, brethren, we can't begin to count the number of these type of moments that come from just the simple, well, not simple, come from the concept of repentance aha moments, millions of them in that. What is our definition again of an aha moment? Sudden realization, inspiration, insight, recognition, and comprehension. 
And just as it is for the, for the new Christian, likewise, brethren, Ephesians chapter 2 is inspiration also for that fourth generation Christian, that second, that third, that fifth generation Christian who have found themselves stumbling, stumbling along their path of righteousness. A moment when they recognize that their mistakes do not condemn them for forever. It's life-changing, life-changing realization. When a parent, when a parent watches their toddler go to their knees and pray, and they hear the amazing ease at which that child talks to the mighty Father God in heaven, like they're talking to their best friend. A smile fills that parent's face, and the tear rolls down their cheek. Brethren, that is an aha moment. That is inspiration at its finest. The parent didn't just realize God. They didn't just discover God, but brethren, they just witnessed God. They witnessed God working in the, in the lives of their child, and they were left in awe by it. They watched that dimmer switch creeping up and that light growing brighter. This is a moment. This is a moment in that parent's Christianity that, that solidifies them, that solidifies that, that faith. This is a recognition of being on the right path. An aha moment, possibly even a life-altering moment. From the moments where we see something around us and then we're instantly able to re- reflect upon it and reflect upon God's word and, and it causes us to draw the right conclusion or make the right decision or the moments that are more treasure, treasurable than, than anything we can imagine or the moments where, where life is dragging us down and it's trying to, to, to desperately pull us in the wrong direction. And a spark, and a spark of God's word redirects our paths and leads us back to where we need to be. Aha moments. Every one of them. Aha moments. They give us clarity and they give us strength. They give us fulfillment and determination to follow our calling to the end. The question, brethren, is not, do we have an aha moment within our calling, within our Christianity? The question, brethren, is, are we recognizing the countless aha moments that God provides to us each and every day? Is our Christianity mundane? Routine to the point where we don't realize God is giving us constant, constant opportunities to be absolutely amazed by him. Second Corinthians 13 instructs us to examine ourselves. Do we examine our Christianity with the mindset of recognizing the incredible calling that we have? 2 Peter 1 tells us to be more diligent to confirm your calling and election. Be more diligent. Be more diligent. You know, God, brethren, God, through, through his Holy Spirit, we know, is continually calling to us. He is continually reaching out and saying, hey, 
Look over here. Look at how amazing this is. This is for you. Or he's saying, yo, that's the wrong way. Go this way. That's how it would sound if God said, yo, I think, maybe. <laughs> that's just my interpretation of that. <laughs> Are we listening, brethren? Are we listening? Are we listening when, when God calls to us? Are we confirming that we're where we should be? You know, brethren, we don't need one colossal moment in our lives to make us realize that God is great. We don't need one defining instance that, that depicts the magnificence of God's calling for us to realize how magnificent God's calling actually is. God, brethren, God gives us innumerable, innumerable moments to help us do this. Some moments are immense and undeniable and are earth-shaking for us. And some are subtle, and they take dedicated focus to recognize. But they're there, brethren. They are there, make no mistake. And no matter how or when we received our calling, those moments are there. So, brethren, if we take the time to, to truly reflect upon the knowledge of God, given to us, of course, by his Holy Spirit through his calling, and focus upon the, the, the increasing and knowledge and, and all the attributes that he wants us to increase in, then we'll discover, brethren, we'll discover that these moments that define our faith and reaffirm our calling are immeasurable. Moments of excitement, moments of realization, moments of inspiration, moments the lights brighten, moments of joy and love and fulfillment, all provided by our Heavenly Father. The aha moments. Brethren, recognize, please recognize and appreciate these moments.